The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. We're starting a new series tonight, and I am really stinking excited about it. I talked about it yesterday, or last, yesterday, last week, um, how we were planning on doing it last week, but we bumped it back. And so uh, this week we are starting off uh, this series that I'm really excited about, um, Man's Chief Purpose. And actually tonight, in particular, the specific sermon that I'm speaking on, um, I'm calling it Competitive Nature. I think we all have this competitive nature inside of us, and I'll kind of explain that to you in a minute, a competitive nature that all of us have within us. So if you're taking notes or whatever, uh, you, can, you can write that. But this is uh, Man's Chief Purpose. I'm really excited about this series, and particularly tonight, I think God has something really cool to speak to every single one of us. And so... Um, before we jump into it, you guys okay with just, uh, just praying with me just for a minute, just that God would be here, that God would speak um, through me and just really to me and also to you guys, to our spirits, that he would really just speak what needs to be spoken to every single one of us. And so uh, would you guys just join with me in that, be active in that with me, just really, God, will you be here with us? Lord, I just pray right now that you would be present in this place, that you would speak, and Lord, that you would transform lives through this, that it's a part of the process that we're all in, working towards knowing you more, getting closer to you, Lord. I would step off of this, I would step away from this pulpit right now if I knew you weren't in this. Lord, if you weren't going to be in the presence of us right now, if you wouldn't be speaking to lives, if you wouldn't be utilizing this sermon, God, I would step away from it right now. I really, I'm only here because I want you to speak to us. I want you to transform lives. I want you to be in this place. So Lord, I pray for that right now. As we seek you, Lord, may we find you in just a new and fresh way every single day. May you be new and just fresh, and you would just give us our daily needs, and we can just rest in what you provide and give, Lord. Speak to us in the next few moments. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I honestly love just being, like, I know I, I'm not always up front. Parker's always asking me to jump up front and sit there with him, you know, and, and I really do love sitting up front, uh, but I feel like just that first song, I never find myself up front. I'm always in the back, and it's just always like, man, I just love watching you guys just, just sing to God, and I don't know. That's just kind of like a prep for me, like speaking God's word. That just really motivates it. It just gets me excited, like I'm about to speak God's word, and these people are just like passionate. They're, they they want to worship God, and that's just, I don't know. I just love watching you guys do that from the back, and so, um, and I think part of that is because I just, I see myself in you. I see I see Sarah in you. I see I see us in high school just going through a lot of the same things that you guys are going through, and and I just, I just kind of see my struggles in, in you. And just like all these things, like, man, I can really, I can connect. I can connect with you. Like, I don't know, the big questions. I feel like high school is a time for, for all those big questions, just like bombarding you in life, you know. Um, like, I don't know, this whole guilt, shame thing. Like, I feel guilty. Am I really saved? Like, I don't know, like, does God really love me? Like, I, I can't break the sin, so does that mean I'm really not saved? And like, wrestling through that, right? Like, those are, those are questions, the will of God. Like, what am I supposed to do? What's the, what's the action I'm supposed to take, right? Maybe some of you guys are asking that. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I see that, and I, I can connect with you guys. And I'm just like, man, 
I sympathize with you. I want, I want to speak life into you. And it's just, it's just really motivating. It's just really cool to see that. And one of the questions actually is just like, what is, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Uh, and it goes with the whole God's will. Like, what is God's will for me? What does God want from me? Uh, you know, it's just like, ugh. You just kind of wrestle with those questions uh, all, through, all through your life. And, um, but what, is, what does God really want from me? In this life, what does God want from, from how, how I live and things like that? And so um, I, I really love this. It's from the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism, but it's a document. It says man's chief purpose, it's on the next slide, the chief purpose of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And I really think that just works so well. That's just, that just perfectly encapsulates our purpose in life. I know that there's a lot of other things, like, and that's why it says the chief purpose, like there, there's other things that we're called to in this life, but like this is the chief purpose, the main purpose for, for, for all of us. It is to glorify God and to enjoy him. We do a lot of things, but this is the main thing. This is the greatest thing that we were created for. The greatest purpose that we have is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever and, and to glorify him. This whole idea of just, I mean, giving him all the praise, giving him all the glory, just giving him all the recognition Worshiping him in all of it and, and not, not seeking self or someone else, but to glorify him, make him the main focus. That's, that's our greatest purpose. And then to enjoy him, to make him our, our greatest desire, our greatest joy. The thing that you find the most excitement and the most uh, enjoyment out of, that is God. That is our purpose, to just be in love with and enjoy, uh, enjoy God the most. And um, this isn't just from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. This, this is all throughout Scripture, too. I mean, you look at Genesis 1. Uh, this is all through the Bible, all through Scripture. Like Genesis 1, God creates us. He says, uh, I created man, and this is good. And so man starts doing things, you know, naming animals and doing all these little things, these things that God has called us to do. But he is really ultimately doing what God wanted him to do. And that's just our chief purpose. If you read in uh, Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43, it just makes it really clear in verse 6. It says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created, why? For my glory. All who have I called uh, and created for my glory, whom I formed and made. I call all of them. That, that is why we were created, why we were formed, why we were made for God's glory. And then, I mean, you, you see in uh, the New Testament, Jesus makes it very clear, and you guys have all heard this passage too, uh, in Matthew chapter 22. It says, But the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, and they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. And it says, Teacher, which is the greatest command of the law? And Jesus replied to him, he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. Like, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Like, just, just stop and just, honestly, just, just take one second. Really think about that. All of your heart. All of it. All of your heart. And, like, I think it takes, like, seven times to say it to you. Really, it sinks in, because I think we can really easily say, like, yeah, but, I mean, it was kind of like a hyperbole. Like, we really need to love God a lot. That's what, you know. That's what he's saying. No, like all of your heart, every bit of it, like every ounce of it, every little thought, every little aspect, all of your strength, all your mind, like love God with all of it. Like that, he, it's not impartial. It's not kind of like divided. It's not like a pie chart. God gets like the, the majority of it, you know, most of it, like all of it. And that's just, that blows my mind, right? 
all of it, every thought, every aspect of you. God says your purpose to love him with every bit of it. And that's just kind of incomprehensible, I think, to, to, to mankind, to us, to me and you. Like, that's just kind of like, I don't know, I can't really comprehend it. That's more than, like, an infatuation. Like, that's more than an obsession. Like, at least an obsession, you can take a break. You can, you can go to sleep. You know, like, this isn't that. This is more. This is, like, every bit of you. This is more than an obsession with God. This is, like, an, uh, an overwhelming, I am love. I love God. I'm in love with God. I love him with all that I am. And that's just, for us, I think that's really difficult to really understand, to comprehend, and why I think that is. Why I think it's so hard for us to really understand this concept of loving God with every ounce of you is because I think it's completely against our nature too. I think it's our purpose too, but I think it's in opposition to our nature. And in fact, actually, I think our nature is, is to want it for ourselves. I think our nature is to crave God's uh, glory for ourselves. I think that the main thing that we are purposed to is to glorify God and to give God praise and to want more of him. But I think it's actually the opposite of what our nature is. Our nature is to, to crave for, to want it for ourselves, to actually be malicious in God's glory, God receiving his glory. I think we maliciously attack and try to steal and are constantly fighting God for glory. I think we are constantly wanting it for ourselves. And that's why it's so hard to comprehend like, I don't know, how can God actually get every bit of my love, every bit of my, you know, like loving him with all my strength? Like I, because we, it's not natural for us. Our nature is, it's who we are to want that for ourselves. I, I really believe that. I mean, you go back to the, what the scriptures I just read, Genesis 1, it doesn't take long until Genesis 3, right? You guys know what happens in Genesis 3, everything goes south from there. I mean, like we, we get to fall because why? Because they wanted the knowledge, they wanted to be like God, right? I mean, it's not too far of a stretch to see all through the scriptures. We're called to love God, and we want it for ourselves. You read Revela or Revelation, Romans 1, uh, verse 25. Jump up to verse 24 to get some context. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurities, to dishonoring their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God, about who he is, for a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. How they were originally created to do. They, were, they worshiped themselves. They worshiped the creature rather than the creator. It's just, it's just who we are. It's what we do. Right? It's our nature. It's in opposition to what we were called to do, what we're supposed to do. We are just constantly. And that's why I want to talk about a competitive nature. We're always competing God with God for his glory. And you jump back to Matthew, what... Uh, what I just read, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, right? Love God with all you are. Why did Jesus say that? Like, why did God talk? Why did Jesus say that commandment to people? And it's because he was in the context of people trying to steal his glory. They were trying to uh, make him look bad to where they looked good. They were trying to make Jesus get confused to where they would be validated, where they would be affirmed. They were trying to tear down Jesus to where they would be built up. Like that is the context of why Jesus said, you need to love God with all that you are. And they weren't because they weren't, because they were loving themselves. I mean, you read it, uh, but the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. This is verse 34. They gathered together, so they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And really, to give some context, if you jump back 
like to verse 15, if you have your Bibles there. You jump back to verse 15. Like this is, this is not their first question. This is actually a, a larger story. This is a part of a larger story. You can't miss this. That they're trying to trip Jesus up. You look at verse 15, and it says it right there. Uh, this really kind of starts this little area of stories. It says, Then the Pharisees went, and they plotted how to entangle him with his words. They wanted to entangle Jesus with his words. So they're like, you know what? Let's, let's get together, guys. Okay, how are we going to get rid of this guy? Let's trip him up with a couple questions. We're pretty good at this religious thing. Let's come up with some really hard questions about God. Little did they know, right, who they were asking. Let's, let's come up with some questions. Let's get him confused, get him tangled up to where he's, not go- he's, he's going to be uh, discarded to where now we can be affirmed again as the religious people of the day, right? And so this was their plan. That was their plan. And so they went up to him and they, they asked him the first question the Pharisees did. And they said, hey, so uh, about this whole tax thing. And it was really a catch-22. They wanted to catch Jesus in a, whichever answer Jesus picked, it was, it was the wrong answer. So they were like, hey, so this tax thing, like uh, the Jews were being really oppressed by the government. And so uh, they said, so who, should we pay taxes? And so if he says, yes, you should pay taxes, well, then he has all the Jews angry at him because they're being oppressed. He's just like a tax collector at that point. So they're all going to hate him. So if he says, yes, pay taxes. But if he says no, well, then, man, he is going against the, govern- the ruling body of the government, and then he's going to get killed by it. And so really, it's a catch-22. Like, this is perfect. We're going to catch Jesus. And, and so they asked him. And you know, Jesus is just like, in his wisdom, he says, you give it to Caesar, what is Caesar? You give to God, what is God's? And the people were amazed. So they didn't just, like, fail they actually made it worse. People were, were more amazed and they were more in love with Jesus from that. And so the Sadducees get together, different religious group. The Pharisees asked the first question. The Sadducees come together and they're like, okay, they didn't get it together. Let's, let's trip Jesus up. Let's ask a question that he has no idea. And so they come together and they say, hey, this, this woman, okay, let's give you a scenario, Jesus. And this woman, she, she's married, but her husband dies. And so... According to our, our tradition, right, a new, his brother would come up and he would take the place of him and he would, uh, and he would have kids with her and those would be the, the brother that died, his children, to where he has descendants, right? That's the brother's duty. It's weird, I know. Super weird. Um, but that was, the, that was the duty. And so they said, so hey, what happens if this woman, uh, her husband dies, the brother takes his place, but uh, he dies, and then the next brother, and they, we go down the whole list of seven brothers. I don't know what's wrong with that woman's cursed or something, but she loses all seven guys, and uh, it's a rough deal, real rough deal. But hey, so they say, so they get to heaven. Answer me this, Jesus. Which, you know, which guy is she the wife of? Like, who, whose wife is she? And so Jesus, again, in his wisdom, just answers and he says, this is not a, an eternal thing. We are, we are in heaven. We are with God. That is, she don't even understand the scriptures is what he says. And again, not only did they fail, but they made it worse. People were more amazed. They were more amazed by God and they were more astonished. They were more in love with God. And so their, their plans were actually backfiring. It was making so much worse on them. And so then now we get to the third question, verse 34. And it's the Pharisees. So they, they see that the Sadducees now messed up and they get back together and they huddle up. And it says, but the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, so they gathered together. Like, these people don't stop. These people don't get it. Like, it's, they're constantly, they're craving to prove Jesus wrong. Like, they, they don't catch on that it's not going to work. And, I mean, how cool is that, though? Like, just, just realizing that truth. Like, 
God will always prevail. No matter what weapon is against him, no matter what things fight against him, he will always prevail and his glory will always be given. He will always be glorified no matter what goes against him. I mean, that's pretty cool. So anyway, they, they go to him and they, they get together and they're huddling. And it's just like, that shows our, I mean, if that in itself, that shows our nature, right? We constantly, we don't give up. We don't learn. We're constantly, no matter how many times God shows that he is God in our lives, we still don't learn. We're going to seek for our own approval. We're going to seek for our own validation. We're going to seek for our own glory. It doesn't matter how many times Jesus shows in scriptures that he is Lord. They don't get it. They don't catch on. Jesus is still attacked by them. It's our human nature. We want the glory for ourselves. We want the validation for ourselves. And so they gather, gather together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him the question to test him. And so finally, they, they're all together, and this one guy was like, okay, I got this, guys, I got this. And so he walks over, and he's the one that asked the question. And it's a lawyer, and it's, it's not the same type of lawyer that we have today. This is, this is what a lawyer was at this time, was somebody that taught in the, in, the, in the synagogues, okay? This was a teacher of the law. This was somebody that spoke about the word of God to people. Does this sound familiar? Somebody else does that in scripture. So like Jesus is all over this guy's stomping grounds. Jesus is like, this is my favorite hobby, what you're doing. Like your profession, man, I'm sorry to say it, but like I'm kind of coming in and I'm, I'm going to do it. And so like this guy's getting offended. Like Jesus is doing exactly what he loves to do, exactly what he wants to do. And so there's this competitive nature. Like, I'm not cool with Jesus taking over what I like to do. Like, this is my thing. Like, God, you can do other things. Like, I, isn't that us though? Like, this is my thing. This is what I like to do. This is what I am known for. This is what I am acknowledged as. And like, I can't have you intruding in on that, right? I mean, that, that's our nature. That's our nature. I think, I think we seek more our validation than, than God's. I think we, are, we seek out people to like us more than we seek out God to receive glory. I, I really do. And I know, maybe, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong, though, to want love, right? To want somebody to acknowledge me, for somebody to affirm me. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I would agree. But what I would say, maybe, is would you want it at the expense of God receiving what he deserves? Because at that point, then, it is sin. It is wrong. There's nothing good about that. If you want the validation and you're okay with God getting lesser for your sake, if God is being rejected, his glory, his portion, because you want it, then that, there is, there's sin in your heart. There is your nature of wanting a competitive, just competing against God for his glory. Let me say it in a different way. Think about your, the thing that you're best known for, or you want to be known for. You don't even have to be known for right now. But just in your mind, think about, like, what do I want to be acknowledged as, as, as being great at? What achievement do I want, right? Just think about that. In your own personal life, like, what do I want to be best known for, for succeeding in so well? Now think, if God, if God received all that glory, all that acknowledgement, all that praise, and you, because of that, you didn't receive anything. You weren't acknowledged. No one even knew that you were interested in that. No one was like, oh, man, you're actually into that playing in that instrument. Oh, you were, you're actually into that, you know, competition. You actually play that sport? Like, 
God received all the glory that you would have gotten, all the acknowledgement, all the recognition, and you weren't even seen. You were completely on the sidelines. No one even knew that you were there. No one acknowledges you. Would that bother you? And I'm thinking, like, for myself, like, yeah, you know, I, I think it would. I think, I think that would, like, just being honest, you know, like, yeah. Like, I think that, I think that would kind of get to me. Like, I really want to be known for that. Like, it shouldn't, right? Like, that shouldn't because God's receiving all the glory. God's getting all of it. God's being glorified. Like, what more should I want, right? But that's, that's just who we are. That's what we want. Like, I'm thinking, like, I love preaching. I really love just speaking God's word. I really love preaching. But I, I don't know. Like, I think it's my sinful nature. It's, it's my, I would probably get more, uh, flattered if someone came up to me, just for at least a split second, I would get more flattered if someone came up to me and said, wow, you spoke such a good message. Wow, you really prepared so well for that. And I would, probably more so than I, I would get excited if someone came up to me and said, man, God really moved in my life. Like only for a second, right? And then I'm like, man, I'm convicted. About it. But like, honestly, that's just kind of like, naturally, it's just like I would get more I would be more quick to be excited if somebody said, man, you really spoke into my life more so than, man, God moved in my life, right? And if they did say, like, hey, God moved in my life, I would be like, well, like, how was I, was I a part of it? Like, was it a sermon? You know, like, I, I just want to know, like, am I a part of that validation? Am I part of, of receiving that, right? And that's just like, man, ah, like, I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want that in me because I want God to receive why would I not be okay? Like, God, you're receiving all the glory. You're receiving all the praise. You're being recognized. But, like, I don't know. Like, that's just our, that's just our nature, right? To be competitive for the glory of God. We're in our nature. We want the recognition. We want the praise. That's not our purpose. Our greatest purpose, our chief purpose, is for God to be glorified over all other things. But it's so hard sometimes, right? That, that, that lawyer, that, that Pharisee, he wanted to be acknowledged as the guy that was speaking the word of God. And he was the one that was speaking to people. And Jesus comes on a stomping ground. He's like, man, that's, that's, my, that's my grounds. Like, that's, that's where I'm at. And, and I don't really want you, I don't want you kind of interfering with that, you know? And I can kind of see us in the same way, just kind of saying, you know, like, in regards to like our victories, you know, like, God, you got the next one. You know, like, you, I promise, you know, next time I'm up on stage, next time I get that, you know, sash, next time I get that crown, hey, next time I'm holding up that trophy, like, God, you are totally being recognized, but can I just have this one? You know, like, and you're not going to actually say it, but like, would you not feel that? Like, I, next time, you know, I, I get affirmed by somebody, like, I totally want you to receive the glory, but like, I kind of want this one for myself. I mean, and I think that's just inside of us who we are. But the problem with that is, is, man, it's not ours. It's not ours to fawn. It's not ours to celebrate. Like, it's not ours. It's his. It's his. It's his. Like, you think about your godliness. Some of you guys are the most godly people I know. You just live for God. Your passion, you are, you just upstanding. People can see the way you live. And they're like, man, that person lives right. They've got their head on, you know, they got their head on right. They're, they're, you know, they're just living the right life. That, that isn't yours, Tone. That is God's grace 
God's spirit put into you that you would be living for him, that is nothing for you to celebrate for yourself. It is celebrating fully that God, you would give me your spirit, that you would work inside my life. It is, it is fully him and that's hard to own, that that is God, right? Your, your platform or your position, that's God's favor. That's God's, that's God's grace again. It's God's. It's like, ah, oh, no, I just kind of, you know. Your talents, fine arts. Like, it's not yours. That's God's gift. It's a God-given gift. It's his to be celebrated, him to be celebrated, him to be championed, him to be crowned. His talents within us that we're stewards of, that he's given us to, to use and to demonstrate a tool but why? For him, for his kingdom, for his glory. Not for our kingdom, not for our glory, right? Like it is, it's his, it's his, and it's not ours, it's not mine. And that's just really hard to just, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of you, it's his. Give it all to him, it's his, for him. It's like, oof. Man, that's hard. That's hard, Jesus Jesus said that commandment because those guys needed to hear exactly that commandment. Jesus was speaking to a bunch of men of God. Put on some quotes there. He was speaking to men of God that loved men more than they loved God. They needed to hear, you need to love God with all of your, all of your heart, all of your strength, all that you are because you love yourself so much right now. And you don't care about the word of God being preached. You care about you being the one doing it. You being the one affirmed Right? A quote that I, I heard this past week, maybe two weeks ago, I don't remember. Uh, Paul Washer, he said, it's just a, a theologian, uh, a preacher, Paul Washer, and he said, never, there has never been a moment in the life of Paul Washer that I have loved God the way that he ought to be loved. I have never glorified God to the extent in which he ought to be glorified. There is never a second because I, my, my love is never holistic. My love is never complete. My love is never selfless. Right? There's always a part of me that just wants a little bit. I will give to God, but I just also, there's a part of me where, you know, I want a little bit of affirmation. I want a little bit of acknowledgement. There's never been a moment in the life of Paul Washer that I have loved God the way that he ought to be loved. He has never been glorified, not for a moment, in the way that I've lived, the way that I've acted, in the way that he ought to be glorified. Why? Because he ought to be fully glorified, 100%, all of it. And that's not our nature. It's not who we are. But here's the cool part. He says, I love you anyway. I love you anyway. Like, that's amazing. I understand that you will never love me the way that I deserve your love. But I'm going to love you anyway. I was listening to a leadership podcast driving into work today. I know, I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, I, I was listening to this podcast just about, you know, how to be a good, great leader, like always want to learn. And, and he was talking about hiring and firing. It's not applicable to me. I don't hire or fire anyone. But uh, he was just talking about hiring and firing. And he said, you know, there was this one guy that just wasn't, wasn't doing what I expected. He wasn't doing what I, you know, brought him on for. So I had to cut him loose. Sometimes you just got to do it. And I completely agree. I completely agree that, you know, in that circumstance, he was talking more about it. And, you know, maybe the guy needed to find a different organization. That was, that's how that is. But, you know, but then I started thinking, like, praise God that God isn't that way. Right? 
that God doesn't cut us loose because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. You know? Praise God that he doesn't just say, I don't want you anymore because you haven't done what, you're, what, what, I, what I expected you to do, what I've wanted you to do, what I've voiced to you, what I've wanted you to do because you're not doing it. You're not living up to it. I mean, that is, that is our, from Genesis 1, that's our purpose, to love God fully and completely. And we screwed it up by Genesis 3 and, and daily, we're screwing it up. Like, I mean, he blows all relationships out of the water. He blows all bosses and all, like, boyfriends and girlfriends. Like, he loves like no one else can love. He affirms like no one else can affirm. He supports and he mentors like no one else can. I mean, like, can you just imagine just thinking like the concept of a boss? You get a resume and it's just like bullet points about this person. Yeah, they're super selfish. Yeah, I love them. That's cool. I want them still. You know, they have a tendency to be really, whenever you turn your back, they're going to steal from you what's yours. They're going to always want to take from you. Yeah, I love them. I want them. It's like, you know, but they've really got this nature inside of them that they want to take and they want for themselves. They're not a team player. They're completely selfish. Man, I love them. Like, that's crazy. No boss would ever think that way. No boyfriend or girlfriend could ever love in such a deep way and be always for, forgiving and just, you know, I love you anyway. I love you anyway. You have never loved me since the very first day of this relationship. Loved me the way that you ought to love me, but you know what? I'm going to love you. And I'll forgive you every single time. That's just, that's crazy. That's incomprehensible to us, right? That kind of passion, that kind of love, that's what he calls us to do. And he's going to forgive us every single time. I mean, he says, I'm gonna, I love you. And not only do I love you, but I'm going to give you my spirit. It says that he's going to give us this, this spirit inside of us that's going to combat our nature. What's normal for us to constantly just fight in a competitive nature. I want that. I want to be acknowledged. I want to be seen. I want and I don't want for you. Like that's just our nature. And he said, I'm going to give you the spirit to where you're going to be able to combat that and fight that. And you're going to soon more and more want to love me. You're going to want to crave for me to be loved. You're going to want for me to receive the glory. You're going to want to live a right way and, and, and to do the right things because you want to love me. I'm going to put that inside of you. That's my gift to you because I love you so much. Because it's our calling to love him that way. That's our purpose, our chief purpose, the greatest purpose, the most important thing that we could ever do is love him to that full extent, knowing that we'll never be able to do it, but always striving to do it to glorify him, to give him everything, to be fully selfless and fully give everything to him. That's what we're called to do. We're gonna strive for it. We're gonna fail. But that's what he's called us to do. To fully just love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your, everything, every ounce of you, to love him and to make him your greatest enjoyment, your greatest joy. It's crazy but he deserves it because he loves us so deeply. Amen. Would you guys just pray with me and then we're going to go into a time of worshiping that God. That God that loves us that way. We're going to sing praises to him. What an honor that we would have, right? God, you are so good. We love you. And Lord, we always mess up. We always fail. But Lord, you say, I love you anyway. I care for you anyway. Lord, we are so undeserving. 
Lord, we are just, we're in awe of how great you are and how much you love us. Lord, I just pray right now that you would receive glory, that you would receive praise, that you would receive what you deserve. And Lord, we will constantly strive to give you more and more and more and more of our heart because you deserve every ounce of it. Lord, we, we love you. And when we fail, we thank you so much that you forgive us. May your spirit con continue to reside within us, Lord. To con continue to grow and to fight that nature within us that we want for ourselves. Lord, may you, may you fight against that within us to where we learn to love you in a more holistic way, Lord. Because that's what you deserve. That's what you've created us to do. That's what you've purposed us to do. We love you, God. Receive the praise. Receive the honor right now. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.